Han Talks First, episode 22. I'm your host, Han, and it's currently 1.44 in the morning where I am um, on Monday, and so I apologize for being really quiet on today's episode. It's really late or early in the day, and I have a roommate, <laughs> and they are currently asleep, so I gotta keep it quiet for this one, but good morning. If you're listening on Monday, and we got some really important things to talk about, and really looking forward to it. A lot of news and information broke this week about the rise of Skywalker, and we're going to talk about it. I'm going over new speculations uh, from myself, um, some updates with the employment at Lucasfilm. We're going to talk about Project Luminous and what that is. We're going to talk about an interview Anthony Daniels had um, a few days ago. And he talks about some stuff in The Rise of Skywalker. And we're going to dive into more information on The Emperor's Return in The Rise of Skywalker and what will happen. So let's just jump right into it. Again, I apologize for the lower tone of my voice today. This is your ASMR Han Talks First episode. <laughs> but uh, I just want to go ahead and let everyone know we are 66 days away from the Rise of Skywalker release. That is right. As of today, October 14th, 66 days away. Now, what everyone is itching to know, and from the thumbnail I posted for this podcast, when is the trailer coming out? And what is it going to show us? So, as far as when, there were several rumors coming out about when the trailer is going to drop. Two dates, specifically. One of which is tonight. And the other rumor states it'll come out next Monday night. <clears throat> but both rumors have stated that it's going to be during the halftime at Monday Night Football. So... It's either going to be the 14th or the 21st. So, if you're a football fan, it doesn't matter to you because you're going to watch the game anyway. But, if you're not, check in anyway. It could be tonight, and then I'll be dropping another episode breaking it down tomorrow. <clears throat> the report saying that it was going to be this Monday was actually first um, dropped by some guy on Reddit I talked about last week. They're film projectionist at a movie theater, and they got a trailer saying that it was going to be in front of Maleficent, and it was supposedly The Rise of Skywalker. It was also confirmed by John Boyega's agent, that's the character of Finn, that it was coming out Monday night. He said this a couple days ago, but did he mean Monday today, or did he mean Monday next week? So we'll see. And 
the other people saying that it's going to be on the 21st are the people that actually work for um, ESPN or whatever channel that's on. So that's a, I mean, it's not really confirmed. They say they work for them, but I would like to believe them <laughs> more so than that it's going to be today. And also, if it comes out next week, it's exactly two months away from the release of the movie, which makes sense because they're doing that with all their other films, such as um, Maleficent and Frozen most recently. So another reason why I think it's going to be next week is because next Monday, the 21st, is coincidentally Carrie Fisher's birthday. And like we saw in the previous two films, the first film was primary, primarily Hans, the second was primarily Luke's, the third one should primarily be focused on Leia, as far as the legacy characters go. So it would make sense. And they'll probably play Leia's theme in the trailer, just like they did on the previous one. Um, and so I know I said last week, I think I thought it was going to be today, but now I'm starting to think it's tomorrow. And next week, I'll probably think it's the following week. So <laughs> we'll see. It might not ever come out. It's feeling that way. But something exciting about this is everyone's talking about it. Everyone wants to see this trailer because we've only had a teaser and a special look. We don't know what this movie is about yet. The next trailer we get, it's going to tell us. So that's really exciting. And everyone's talking about it. That buzz for Star Wars is building again, and it's so nice to see that, to see everyone talking about it and getting excited. This movie's going to be huge. It's going to be the biggest movie of the year, I'm calling it. I was hesitant in April when Endgame came out, but now I'm confident that Star Wars is back, back on top. We'll see. The next bit of news I want to talk about is um, about the Lucasfilm um, people running it. So we all know Kathleen Kennedy, the president and the primary producer on all the Star Wars films in modern era. Um, well, she currently renewed her contract to be president this, um, this year, and it extends until 2023. Now there's a new rumor going around that states that when her contract ends, someone else is going to be taking over. She's not going to renew. The person who is speculated to be that individual is, in fact, Kevin Feige. Now, this is news that came supposedly directly from uh, people who are either on the board or a part of Lucasfilm. And it makes sense, because Kevin Feige's coming in to work on a Star Wars film. What if that's his, um, his, uh, his test, you know, to see if he likes working with them, if they like working with him, and if he can make a successful Star Wars film, if he knows and understands this world. Now, it's said that Kathleen Kennedy is trying to produce and get off the ground the new Indiana Jones movie, and that once she completes that, that's when she will end her term at Lucasfilm. I think that's a good goal to have for her, not just focus on the Star Wars films, but there's other properties that Lucasfilm owns, such as Children of the Bone, which is what, I think that's what it's called. It's something similar to that, but that's what they're working on now. It's an original idea um, based off of a book that they are the rights holder to, and they're actually going to make that into a feature film as well. And so I'm glad to see she's doing other things besides Star Wars. But 
tell me, can you see Kevin Feige running the Star Wars world? Can you see him leaving Marvel and focusing on Lucasfilm? That means he would get to branch out and not just do one specific type of movie. He would have Star Wars, he would have Indiana Jones, and he'd have all these other properties to play with. Right now, he's a little limited. He can only do superhero movies. In that, he can do genre movies, but he's still a little limited. And if he went to Star Wars, I do not think he would stay with Marvel. Juggling two major studios in once seems like a lot to handle, and I'm sure he could do it, but I'm sure he's ready to also move on. He's had a very successful run. So that's it for the major news. I want to jump into Rise of Skywalker speculation, some things we've heard recently, and some things that were leaked. But don't worry, I'm not going getting into spoilers or anything. Now, one of the things that was leaked was the cover for the novel, The Resistance Reborn. And it was the Spanish version of the book was leaked um, accidentally by <clears throat> people from the New York Comic Con that recently went down, and on Force Friday. And it, it's this new book that's coming out next year, in January. And it's following the events of The Rise of Skywalker. And people noticed on the cover was Wedge. And a book that's following the release of the film would only assume that Wedge may be returning in this film. Now, for those of you who don't know, Wedge was Luke Skywalker's friend in A New Hope. So he's one of the original cast members, a legacy character, if have you. And I can see him coming back. I mean, they've brought back a bunch of other legacy characters, like in the background, Akbar, Nine Nub, and... Uh, some others, like in the Rogue One and Solo film. Um, if he's in there, I don't, think, I don't think he'll have a major part. I think he'll just be part of the Resistance, and he's one that answers to Leia's call at the end of The Last Jedi. He could be coming into the frame with Lando. Maybe he's part of Lando's team, but we'll see. So that's one thing. The next one is we got some more info from the Empire magazine with interviews from the cast and crew about the next Star Wars movie, and they stated that the Knights of Ren might not have their identities revealed in this movie. It's interesting because we've, we, the audience, have built them up so much in our um, talks about this movie and since The Force Awakens. And we've always speculated on who they are, where they came from, and most importantly, their species. Now, this article and this um, news report says that their species is still unknown to this date. And that raises the question, so they might not be human. And that raises the question that, well, maybe they weren't students of Luke Skywalker. Maybe they were something else. None of them have lightsabers. Could they be Force-sensitive? Maybe. But maybe they were allies of Snoke and apprentices of just him, not Luke Skywalker. But again, we'll have to see when the movie comes out. But I'm telling you this so that you don't get your hopes up that we're going to find out everything we want to know about the Knights of Ren in this next installment. The last bit of speculation I want to share with you is something that really warmed my heart. Now again, this is just a rumor, but apparently George Lucas has seen the script. He was a consult on the film. He helped them write it, and he's seen parts of the movie. And he said that it is a very well-written ending, and it's a satisfactory ending 
to the whole story. Now, if this is true, this could mean a spark of hope for all of us huge Star Wars fans. Because I feel like we're on the same page as George Lucas when it comes to the creative choices in this new sequel trilogy. Mainly I'm talking about The Last Jedi. But we know that George Lucas did not like The Force Awakens, and he had absolutely nothing to say about The Last Jedi. That has surfaced anyway. But the fact that this report's coming out that he thinks it was a very well-written ending and satisfactory, it it's in line with everything else we've been hearing from everybody. Daisy Ridley, J.J. Abrams, Anthony Daniels, and John Boyega, and now George Lucas, have all said the word satis- satisfied about the ending of this movie. And that makes me wonder. There, J.J. also said that there is a there is a distinct line through all the movies that will make sense in the end of this film, and that once we see it, we'll be able to pick up pieces from every single movie that was all leading up to this moment. And I think that has to do with The Emperor. So we'll get into that as our last story. Next, the first story I have here, our first segment, is about Project Luminous. Now, if you don't know what Project Luminous is, it was something that came out during Triple Force Friday, and it appeared on one of the panels at the Comic-Con. There was an image of a book cover that was not yet released, but it just said Project Luminous 2020. Now, what do we know about Project Luminous? Well, we know nothing. So let's move on to our next subject. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Okay, so Project Luminous will be a collaborative effort between five different authors, between five different books and comics and graphic novels. Now, the poster teased with a quote from Obi-Wan, and it said, The Force is what gives a Jedi his power. It's an energy field that connected, connects all living things. And then it says, until... Dot, 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 Project Luminous. So what does that mean? It obviously is going to relate to the Force somehow. Is it a new type of Force? Is it a justification of the Force? It's clearly going to be significant, but how significant? Will it be canon? Will it relate to the movies in a big way? Because the mo- the, if we're talking about the Force, Project Luminous has something to do with the Force. I, I hate to go here, but is it going to be about midichlorians? Uh, I mean, changing the force as we know it, because we've done, we've tried, they tried to do that before with the midichlorians, right? People hated that when George Lucas tried to put science behind the force or justify it. And everybody hated midichlorians. I, for one, don't mind it. I actually thought that was very interesting and added to the lore, and it kind of added that, um, uh, what is that, science versus religion aspect, and you can kind of believe what you want to believe. Um, some people think midichlorian way, some people think the natural way. Um, but anyway, most people hated it, and that's what this sounds like to me. It sounds like, you know, it, the quote itself says, it's an energy field connects all living things until dot, dot, dot. So is Project Luminous 
a new type of force, a new power that Jedi can have, a new energy field, maybe not connecting all living things, but maybe connecting dead things. I don't know. But here's the thing. If it's going to be this significant and in a book, is it going to relate? Will it come up in The Rise of Skywalker? It does come out in January of 2020, at least the first installment does. But the reason I say this is because movies take precedent over the novels, the comics, everything. The movies never really relate to any of the books. The books always relate to the movies. They're kind of separate, but they take place in the same world. Basically, one can stray from the other, but the movies will always be the primary source of canon material. So if we're getting into something that's really significant, like changing the Force, does that mean that it's going to come up in The Rise of Skywalker? Will that mean that movie watchers will have to start reading books to understand more about the films? I don't know, because a lot of people that watch the movies are just casual movie watchers, and they don't want to read extended material just to understand what's going on in the film medium. Bottom line is we know absolutely nothing about Project Luminous, except that it's going to be by... um, by text, so we'll have to read it, and that Claudia Gray is one of the novelists. She's great. Um, actually just picked up another book by her uh, this weekend, and I'm excited to read it. Um, and if anyone else is interested in reading something by her, I'd recommend Master and Apprentice. That's one of the more recent ones she did, and it's a very good read, and she really understands the characters in the this world. Okay, so now move on to segment number two, which is the Anthony Daniels interview. He recently did an interview for his upcoming book, I Am C-3PO, The Inside Story, and it's essentially his memoir. We've had a lot of memoirs come out. We did have the Bob Iger one. Right before that, we had George Lucas. Now we have Anthony Daniels. I wasn't sure about getting it until I heard this interview. Now, the interview was done in French. Yes, Anthony Daniels can speak French, but somebody on Reddit transcribed the important parts, so that is what I'm going to go over. So, while they were, uh, this is the first of many things he mentioned. I'm just pointing out the big stuff that I think is interesting. So, while they were filming the official poster scene, he says it took them six days to film that scene. It was brutal because. It was in November, and it was a nonstop wave after wave. He's talking about those giant waves of water that we saw in on the uh, Death Star when they're, they're fighting each other. And he gave huge props to Daisy and Adam for going through that every day. He called Daisy a true character hero in the trilogy, and in no way, because she's a female character, was it politically driven. So this is interesting. If he was there during filming, does that mean C-3PO will be involved in that fight? Or was he just watching because he was curious and he wanted to see the final battle in this movie? And it could not be the final battle. It could be, what if it's the opening scene? The opening scene is Rey and and, uh, (laughs) and Kylo fighting. That would be interesting. But I'm not sure. Uh, The second thing he said is, that he is aware of the fan division 
he reads and hears some of what fans are saying, and that he sees that some say that they will never watch The Rise of Skywalker, and he says he doesn't believe it because this film is the final one, and he believes that they'll be the first in line. This tells me that he thinks there's hope. He hasn't always agreed with everything that's gone on in Star Wars, even from the very beginning in the original trilogy. Yet he believes in the fandom, and he believes, even though people are vocal about their disagreements, that it's still something that they love, and they'll still go see it. Just like me. I've accepted The Last Jedi, even though I didn't like that movie. But I recognize all the beats and plot points, and I'm ready to see where they take it, and I'm really excited about it. Third thing he says is that he was but decor for the last two films of the sequel trilogy, but that he definitely, for once, is involved a lot as he's part of the hero's adventure. So it looks like we're going to have C-3PO a part of the whole gang. Um, JJ did say this is an ensemble piece and that they will all be going on an adventure together. So I really hope that R2 is there with C-3PO because I love their banter and they're inseparable and they're one of the best buddies. Like, (laughs) you know, you have buddy cop films. Well, they're a buddy droid uh, duo and... So maybe we'll get more of R2, just like how C-3PO was absent in the last two. He also says that everyone will be satisfied with the ending. He calls J.J. a brilliant mind as well as Chris Terrio, the writer, as they really gathered all the scattered storyline pieces and concluded them. He says there is something for everyone in this movie from dark side lovers to light side lovers. Does that mean Raylo? (laughs) Totally kidding. So... Everyone's saying that J.J. has really got, like, the ball on this one. And uh, Chris Terrio as well. Uh, A lot of people weren't happy with his Justice League or Batman vs. Superman movie or whatever, but I guess he's got it down this time. And I hear nothing but praise. And there it is again. Everyone will be satisfied with the ending. That makes me so happy. I'm (laughs) going to bring some uh, tissues to the screening because... uh, Sounds like we'll be doing a lot of crying, guys. There will be a shortage of Kleenex come December 20th. So get them now while they're, while they're out. Now, here is that little bit of R2 hope that I was, I was hoping uh, we would get. So he confirms that R2 will be in a desert scene where he explained that because he can't really see, he has to pretend to see, pretend to see R2. And at one point in The Rise of Skywalker... He has to put his hand on R2, and he usually does, but that they took R2's helmet off this time. So he almost fell over, had to laugh. And he says that R2 is played by an actor called Hassan, but uh, at least for that scene. Now, I think he's talking about behind-the-scenes moments while they were filming, because uh, I can't really see them taking off R2's head in this movie. <laughs> I have no idea why they would do that. Um I think he was just commenting on the fun that they were having during the shoot and that um, even during, I guess, dust storms or something, they could kick back and relax. But R2 will be involved in a scene, so he's not just going to be idle in a corner somewhere. So I hope he, I hope he's in the film a lot. He also says that the film has a lot of secrets, and emphasis on lot, a lot of secrets. And what he means by this is anyone's guess, but 
He's obviously saying this because maybe he's not even allowed to know everything. We do know that the actors cannot hold on to their scripts for this movie. They have to have them in sections that only they are included in. And, yeah. And there's everyone on the internet is freaking out because, (laughs) one, they don't know what's going on. And, two, there's so many different leaks out there, all with completely different things. And everyone says they're the the valid credential and they they're the source that knows it but you know i stay away from those i really don't want to be spoiled all right the last segment i want to brush on here is about the emperor himself and the emperor's return what does this mean why is he back what's he going to do how does it relate to the skywalker storyline so from the crackle at the end of the first trailer we were all taken by surprise that the evil Dark Lord would be reprising his role. And we speculated if he would have a big role in the film due to his absence from the last two movies. Then it was confirmed in the poster that he would in fact be revealed in the flesh. So how do you guys think he'll return? Will What form will he be in? Did he survive his demise from Return of the Jedi? I would like to read you an Abrams quote about um, a question he received about the Emperor's role in the movie. So he says, Some people feel like we shouldn't revisit the idea of Palpatine, and I completely understand that. But if you're looking at the nine films as one story, I don't know many books where the last few chapters have nothing to do with those that have come before. If you look at the first eight films, all the setups of what we're doing in nine are there in plain view. So that was his quote. This is kind of what I said earlier. There's a through line between all these films, scattered storylines, that apparently all come together in closing in this final episode of the Skywalker story, which makes sense to me. The Emperor has been involved, has been in or in the background of every single Star Wars film, except for The Force Awakens, but he was mentioned in The Last Jedi. So, like I said last week, I think that there was a plan for these movies. Unlike others that think there was never a plan, which I was on that boat before. But now I think they do. Ever since Bob Iger's book was released, when George Lucas, it was confirmed that he gave them outlines for how he thought it should go. And how, since then, they didn't follow his outlines exactly, but they've been taking ideas from them and putting them in how they see fit into their story. So they obviously read it. They obviously knew where he wanted to go. And who's to say that they're not taking ideas from it now, now that they're late in the game and they want to end it how the creator had seen it since it was he's the one that knows it the best. So who's to say that George Lucas didn't have the Emperor come back in his episode 9? And if he did, you know that there was a, a a justified way of doing it. A way of doing it that didn't negate anything that has happened before, such as his death. I mean, we saw it with Darth Maul. He came back to life. And it makes sense if you watch The Clone Wars. That was all George Lucas and Dave Filoni. George Lucas said, we're going to bring him back. But he didn't necessarily come up with how he was coming back. He just 
set the bar so that other people could figure it out. That That's how George Lucas works. He sets the bar and he pushes people to figure out how to do it, which is another reason why I really like him. You know, he's he's a motivator and he really pushes the limits and boundaries of things and just motivates people to be better than they are. So I think that's what he's doing as a consult on this film. He's setting the bar. He's like, the emperor comes back. And now Chris Terrio, J.J. Abrams, and everybody else has to figure out how. And with a, quote, satisfying ending said by the last three people I've mentioned, could say that it will work. For most Star Wars fans, they've been wondering if it's a good idea to bring him back. You know, does it negate what Luke or Anakin did in Return of the Jedi? You know, bringing him back makes live action, the or bringing him back makes Luke's actions meaningless, and they say it undermines what Vader and Luke did in the past. It's not necessarily true. If we think about it, uh, the Chosen One, Anakin, turned back to the light and threw the Emperor off of the um, that throne room, down that, that giant shaft, and he died. He blew up, right? He can't survive that. Now, if he came back from the dead, it was probably through some you know, alchemy, such as maybe it was the Knights of Ren or Kylo who figured out a way to bring him back, but that doesn't mean it negate what Luke and Anakin did before. They, they, the prophecy was that he would bring balance to the Force. And he threw him off of that, that ledge, and he died. And for 40 years, there was balance. It was all light side. So he did fulfill the prophecy, but as we've seen in uh, the Master and Apprentice book, there's other prophecies out there, and people have more generations, and they have children, and that creates new timelines. So who's to say this isn't just a another phase in this world, and him coming back from the dead was his their son's actions? The prophecy was still fulfilled, but there's other prophecies out there that state that, you know, like I said last week that in the Balance of the Force episode, she who is born of darkness will give birth to darkness, Kylo Ren. So, I think it works. I'm a little biased because Emperor Palpatine is one of my favorite characters, and I loved watching him grow to power in the prequel trilogy. And I'm really excited to see what he does here, and... You know, it's Ian McDermott. He's coming back, and he's <laughs> just let alone a great, a great actor. And he brought to life one of the greatest characters on movie film. So it worked. He brought balance to the force. The Empire was knocked out, and they went forty years with peace until this new threat, Kylo Ren and Snoke, came to be. So, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. That's all I got for you guys today. Thanks for your time, and I hope you're off to a good start on your day. Let's see when this trailer's coming out. Check on, uh, 
your TVs or computers tonight and see if it drops. It could be tonight. And if not tonight, guarantee it's going to be tomorrow. Or not tomorrow. It's going to be on Monday next week. It's Carrie Fisher's birthday after all. We'll have a special episode for that day. Now, go out somehow, someway, somewhere this week and say a good word for Star Wars. If you would like to share your Star Wars story with me or jump in on some of the talk topics I've mentioned, just go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or uh, just email. Everything's at Han Talks First. Instagram is at Han Talks First Podcast, but use the hashtag, get my attention. I'll be happy to talk to you. That's what it's all about. So thank you guys. May the force be with you. Do it.